0: How are you doing today? Hey, Jim. I'm doing pretty well. And yourself? I'm doing pretty good. I'm getting a little... uh, We're under the gun. We're close to Christmas. i got to make sure uh, i got all my stuff done. That's right. Exactly. And I hope you're buying me a nice
1: big present this this year.
0: Oh, it's massive. (laughs) Good. You're going to have to drive out here to pick it up, though. Oh,
1: my goodness. Well, maybe this summer. It can be a July 4th present instead. I don't instead. think the puppy's going to survive. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know I prefer cats to dogs.
0: I, that's why I got you dogs. Uh, I should have said cat.
1: That's okay. Uh, yeah. How are you doing today?
0: I'm doing all right. I, doing we that? covered that. We just got done talking. Oh, about yeah.
1: It. I, I have short-term memory <laughs> loss. I forgot to tell See, you.
0: This, this is Well, there's the lull. That's when I ask about the topic.
1: <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry about that.
0: <laughs> should we start over? I'll you, figure it or out. Or can you just? At... I mean, you're okay with you looking a little silly sometimes, right? I, I mean, this I is, am. it's all out of love. All right. Of course, of course.
1: So, Jim. Yeah. Here we are on the fourth Sunday of Advent.
0: What are we going to talk about today? Well, that's funny you should ask. We're so contrived how we do this. It's like <laughs> we haven't spent days talking about it. So. Yeah. Today, we want to talk about uh, tradition. With Christmas just around the corner, Mm -hmm. um, let's talk about traditions, because everyone's got uh, like Christmas traditions, and then maybe we can put that in with the Catholic faith and talk about traditions within the faith. What do you think? Sounds like a plan. Yeah, that's what we've been talking about for an hour now. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's good. (laughs) So, why don't you start us off? Well, so the question, the question that I would have is, okay, so I was, um, busy working with some clients this week and, um, I was running into a bunch of technical issues and, um, I was dealing with uh, a very helpful young lady, um, and doing tech support for the company that I run my hosting program through and, um, uh, we were talking in between, like, there's all this lag time when you're, you're dealing with migrating websites and changing things over. And Jeez. so it's just like, so Brittany, what's your, uh, you're going back home for Christmas. And she's from the Bahamas. Uh-huh. And I'm like, well, what's your, uh, what's your, what, what are you looking forward to the most? And she's like, every year at Christmas, uh, we have a Christmas conch which sounds funny because of the alliteration, right. but they eat conch, which I didn't know you could eat conch. I, mm-hmm. I knew you could collect their shells, but uh, and apparently it tastes like... Uh, scallops. Scallops, that's yeah. exactly right. You were a bright man. Um, Not that and, I've ever had conch, I don't think. But it hurt. I don't think I have either. I just and apparently you can't get conch unless it's fresh. That's just a little tip for our listeners out there. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, but it got me thinking. Like the, this is like a tradition that um, she's excited to go back. She's been living in the states for a while, but she gets to go home and and have this Christmas tradition that mm-hmm. she's had since she was a child. And I was thinking, you know, like, well, you know, what kind of Christmas traditions do you do you have within your family that you grew up with?
1: Well, I would say in addition to the um, kind of the normal, you know, common tradition of like going to get a a real tree, we for many years we had a real tree that we would bring home and of course you decorate with certain ornaments that you've been using for many years, including those kind of really ugly ones that you make when you're a kid, but your parents still hang because you made them, you know, and they're special to them. But um, I remember that we would always go to midnight mass. and at that time, when I was a kid, it was actually, I think, still at midnight. So we'd come home after mass, and we would stay up and, and we'd have some eggnog and we'd open up the gifts. but there was also this stuff called Stullen. Um, and it's sort of like a uh, kind of like a coffee cake, and it had those candied cherries and things, you know, those green and red things embedded within it and to be honest I didn't really care for it but it was a tradition so um, those are some things that I remember from when I was a kid uh,
0: does it elicit fond memories is that uh, uh
1: by and large they yes yeah. so I would say overall it was kind of a a warm and uh and consoling uh, memory, you know, and then we'd get to go to bed at like three in the morning or four in the morning, and then get up and get to play with our toys, and so it was uh, it was actually very nice. And um, you know, Santa of course came around at some point. Uh, I try to remember how that happened. Maybe we were napping before midnight mass, and that's when Santa delivered the presents.
0: So you had the presents run under the tree mm-hmm. while you're at mass.
1: Um, I don't remember. I think I don't know if they were there before we went to mass or while we were at church. But we were all at church together, so I'm not sure who would have done it. Wow. Well, maybe Santa really did do it. I, I maybe don't remember. Yeah.
0: Cause, cause, uh, there's some concern that if uh, Santa had COVID, that he could infect the entire world in one night, and, and we'd all be dead. <laughs> Let's hope that's not actually be the case. Actually, we could all—if
1: we all got infected—we'd all be. The thing would be over in like it, well, yeah, two no, weeks. That's, so that's, that's, that's anyway. true. How about yourself? Like what, are are some, what are some cherished um, <laughs> uh,
0: Christmas traditions? So um, there was, you know, there was traditions when I was a, a kid growing up and we would have like... Um, like my mom would eat oysters like Christmas Eve, which mm-hmm. was gross. And then <laughs> uh, but she'd make cream and potato soup for me and mm-hmm. um, then we'd go to midnight Mass and it's, it's weird the midnight Mass isn't at midnight anymore. Are you heard no. about that. I haven't thought mm-hmm. about that in a while.. Mm-hmm. Um, but then uh, you could open one present on Christmas Eve. That was her oh, rule. That was yeah. our tradition. and mm-hmm. then we could dive in on, uh, on Christmas Christmas morning. morning. But with, with Jen, um, you know, we, we get to establish uh, new traditions with uh, with us as our families. Sure. Uh, you know, we've been married for about eight years. Uh-huh. And, um, it's, uh huh. It's her family. It, it's 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 weird because her family traditions are completely different than mine. Okay. Like her family will come over for Christmas dinner. And they'll eat, and they'll enjoy it, and they'll be very polite, and they'll help with the dishes. And then within about two hours, they're like, all right, it's time for us to go. (laughs) And the first time that this happened, I was like, where are they going? She's like, oh, we're done. And I put the... We just started. Yeah, it's two hours. I do not have enough time... To get offended by something and then hold a <laughs> grudge for the right. next eight no, months. that's one
1: of your traditions.
0: Right. It's like... <laughs> They're squelching that, your it That traditions. doesn't make... Yeah. A, well, somebody's got to be offended by somebody right. and then just... Right. It needs to be resolved over the next six to eight months. She's like, now nah, right. we just do this and so it's a lot easier. <laughs> oh. oh. That's a good tradition. Yeah.
1: You so, know, sp- speaking of, oh, go ahead. Were no, you gonna, go ahead. No, no, here, I was going to say, because like, you know, the, I talked about family traditions when I was a kid, but one thing I remember from when I first joined the Jesuits, my new you know, religious family, is in the novitiate, when we were novices, we would um, all draw uh, a figure out of a hat. And it could be like Mary or Joseph or a shepherd, but it could also be a sheep, it could be a star, some something associated with the nativity. And then we had to create that, person or that object out of clay. And we'd be working on this for like a week, you know. And then we'd all come together on Christmas Eve and we'd present our project, our little clay figurine, and we'd talk about how we prayed with it that week. And then we'd walk over to this wooden creche and set it, you know, wherever it seemed appropriate uh, to place. And it was actually kind of neat. Unfortunately, you know, things weren't always done properly to scale. So you might have, you know, like like a sheep that was twice as large as Mary or something like that. But it, it, nonetheless, it was kind of a nice idea that we all contributed to the crash, and we had all. Prayed the activity of fig- the mutant. I'm actually sheep. starting to weep as I talk about this. It was so. It was very emotional. So. Um, yeah that was kind of a nice tradition
0: I would have made a horrible novitiate I can't sculpt to save my life (laughs) well you know
1: I okay here's a little inside thing our novice master Father Gene Merz of happy memory he was a big man and he had very massive hands and um one one year he he uh chose oh what figure was it it was like a shepherdess woman or something and and it was a very dainty figure, and we saw little thumbprints on it. And we figured he actually didn't create this himself. We figured he had one of his oh, nun friends, his sister <laughs> friends, create this for him because it was so delicately shaped. And there was, That's oh yeah, shoot. and this, wo- this little this woman was holding a little tiny clay bowl in her hands. And we were like, there's no way he could have. Shaped that because there was a little thumbprint inside that we figure was that of some um, one of his religious sisters. who was a, a spiritual directee of his. So anyway, we're we're not sure about that. That that's kind
0: of a story that we <laughs> tell. Good but theory. I like it, it's it's possible. It's possible. But <laughs> so anyway. why do we have all these traditions? What's uh what let's what's, what's the need for that? Well, you know, I think one of the things that
1: traditions helps us to do is you know, especially at a time when maybe we feel like everything's topsy-turvy and nothing is stable and, you know, there's just all this uh, constant change in our world. Um, traditions kind of provide a certain sense of consistency or stability, not just within our own lifetime, but but even over generations. You know, we can say, well, this is how, you know, great-grandma or great-grandpa did things. And, and there's something comforting, I think, to us in knowing that... Um, you know, by engaging in these traditions from generation to generation, we're kind of remembering who we are as a family or in our case, you know, as a, as a Catholic community and then kind of where we came from, you know. Um, so there's that. What, what do you think, Jim? What do you think is important about traditions?
0: I, th- I think that um, you mentioned the fact there's, there's a, a, anything with stability provides a comfort. Right. And the interesting thing about the the point that I really wanted to get across is that um, this isn't unique to American culture. This no. is this is global. There are a few things that are shared by every society on the planet. And one of those things is to have uh, rituals or traditional behavior right. that that, that right. they look forward to and mm-hmm. they uh, regardless of what their religious beliefs are, the the other two things that are universal are a belief in a higher power, mm-hmm. and then um, the, the a ceremony for uh, the the removal of their dead. The, the suggestion is is that these are three things that are are built into our DNA. Yeah, yeah. You know, God God builds into our DNA. Now, there's cultures that will go away from the idea that there's a, a there's a Uh, a a more powerful being being than us that's out there Mm -hmm. um, and can do that over with technology and things, but it's built in our DNA to seek that out. It's built in our DNA to have traditions that we can share with other people. And traditions are, are much more effective when it's with other people. Sure. If you, if you don't have other people around it's, it's a tradition, but it doesn't hold a tremendous amount of meaning. Right, that makes sense, yeah. <sighs> so, yeah. Because, anyway. I mean,
1: part of what tradition does is it creates a kind of a identity within a group, whether that's a family or a religion or a culture. Um, so, yeah, it makes sense that traditions are kind of born through the interaction of, uh, of people. So, yeah.
0: Uh, so, so we have traditions within the Catholic Church.
1: We do. In fact, I think often people who uh, critique the Catholic Church, maybe one of the reasons they do so is they see us as just having all these different traditions that kind of get in the way of a simple focus on Jesus or something like that. So when you think about the Catholic Church, you know, like even how it's portrayed in in movies, you know, the Catholic Church, because it is so tradition-laden and uses so many rituals and so forth, I think it's usually the, the Christian you know, uh, religion that is most portrayed because we were easily captured, or or you know shown because of all the things that are normally associated with Catholicism. You know, you think about uh, Mass itself and all of the different sort of quote unquote trappings. It's kind of a negative term, but a lot of people you know look at the Mass and and they see all the different um, things that are used at Mass and in our churches. You know, think about things like holy water and incense and the priests and deacons, you know, and servers and other people get dressed up in very, you know, ornate vestments. And um, and then you've got certain devotions that people associate with Catholicism. You know, we make the sign of the cross before we pray. We pray the rosary. Um, even people who aren't very religious might have a rosary dangling from their... Rearview view mirror, um, we engage in novenas, things like that. So there's, there's a lot that we do as Catholics that involve tradition. And again, I think it's one of the ways in which um, we've been able to pass down our faith over 2,000 years. And, and really, we can also go back even further and say that some of our Catholic traditions um, grew out of the Jewish uh, faith and, and the the traditions that the Israelites had, you know. So to take the mass for example, you know, we believe that Jesus took the Passover meal and all the traditions associated with that celebration, and kind of um, at the Last Supper instituted the the Eucharist or the first mass. But he kind of took an existing tradition and and transformed it, or you know, gave it kind of a new meaning. Now, um, so yeah, we're very into tradition as Catholics and. Um.
0: Well, I mean, our faith is, um, w- which is unique uh, from uh, Protestant faiths, our faith is built on Scripture and tradition. Right, right. And, and, and As opposed to solo Scriptura, that just bases, if it's not in the Bible, then we don't want anything to do with it, which is kind of a harsh view, but um, that's basically what that is. So um, the fact that uh, Catholicism is really equal parts tradition and um, scripture. Right. I think is a is a is a beautiful thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. And in fact, we could even say I think um, legitimately that for us, scripture itself is kind of born from tradition because before the New Testament was written down, you know, Jesus Himself is the Word of God he's the word incarnate and and he would have uh passed on what he wanted his apostles and disciples to know uh, and to spread and then eventually people you know realized you know he's not returning right away so we better get some of this down in writing and so then you have you know Paul writing his letters and you have the evangelists putting together gospels so um in a real way, um, tradition with a capital T, what we call sacred tradition as Catholics, that that kind of includes and precedes um, sacred scripture. Um, But but yeah, we often talk about the fact that we as Catholics need both sacred scripture and sacred tradition, because not everything we believe um, is actually found in the scriptures. Um, Nothing in the Bible would contradict anything that Catholics believe and teach, but Take for example Mary's assumption into heaven. You know we don't right. find explicit uh, biblical evidence about that. Um, there can be kind of indirect ways that we can say, well, this hints at it. But we we believe that because we believe that um, some truths were captured within the within the Catholic community or the Christian community, and were were passed on even if they weren't fully disclosed in the scriptures. So. Um, yeah, so we believe in in a re- we really put a lot of value, like you said. Unlike maybe um, uh, the Protestant uh, faiths, you know, Catholics put more stock in this whole notion of of a transmitted tradition.
0: Well, and and the fact that Catholicism recognizes that this is an inherent need within the people to have tradition, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that it can be applied to uh, to our faith. Mm-hmm. And, and the the thing that um, and you were talking about how some people um, are, get critical of the Catholic Church um, because of tradition and, and the things that are... It's like the, you know, why do you have to have all this and that it might get in the way of um, being involved with Jesus. Um, but th- th- it's based on this concept that there's a, a bunch of old guys uh, sitting in the church and being like, hey, how about if we do this? Uh-huh. And, then, oh, and then they vote. And then it's <laughs> like, all right, we're going to... Right. You know, we're gonna have holy days. That's it. Good job, guys. And then we all, it, And it's, that, that couldn't be further from the truth. The, right. the tradition, uh, all the tradition within the Catholic Church is is born from the relationship between um, the 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 bishops and the priests and the people that they serve. Right. Um, we we talked about um, with the Immaculate Conception. Um, how the Pope said, "Go out and talk to your people and find mm-hmm. out what they think. Mm-hmm. and And then that that became capital T tradition when they went and they talked to the people all over the world, and they were like, we absolutely believe that that Mary was conceived without sin mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that, that she was a pure vessel for uh, the birth of our Lord. And yeah. so that but that's, you know, plus, The people who are coming up with the tradition or instigating the tradition are like really, really smart people. It's not like, you know, the the church, the doctors of the church and the people that have put forth the the things that we need to, uh, uh, that help to guide us from tradition, I think that gets overlooked too like it's, yeah. it's it's just a bunch of guys who are doing this for their own edification which right. again couldn't be further from the truth.
1: Yeah yeah no you make a very good point that the holy spirit is ultimately the source of all this tradition with a capital T and and that the holy spirit works in the people of god as a whole and it's not just a top down thing and you know just sort of like giving enlightenment to a few uh, a few guys up at the top but but like you said i mean the the spirit is at work within the uh, experience of the whole people of God, and then the role of the Pope and bishops and united with him is to kind of discern these truths and and you know then kind of make them official and so forth um, but it's not as if uh, it's just a few guys in, in an elite club who are coming up right. with all this stuff and you know um yeah, so I think you know, as we talk about tradition as Catholics, we usually distinguish like that that uh, sacred tradition, or what we call capital T tradition, from these smaller T traditions that are open to change, you know. And so just to use an example, like with the Mass, you know, like we don't believe that the Pope, any Pope, could just say, you know, today I'm going to decree that we're going to use... you know, fish and uh, grape juice, or um, you know, cookies. or or Oreo cookies and uh, Orangina for right. our Mass day. No, you know, we believe that we're bound by Jesus's example to use bread and wine. But there are other things about the Mass that obviously have changed over the centuries. I mean, after many centuries of celebrating the Mass in Latin, uh, eventually we you know, had official translations into vernacular languages. And so a lot can can change over time. And in fact, I think we as Catholics would say that it's important that certain small-t traditions do change, that if we're actually going to remain faithful to the truths of our faith, we need to experience some change over over the centuries and in different cultures. Otherwise, we're just falling into a kind of a traditionalism, which is like trying to freeze everything, you know, over time, exactly the way we've always done it. And then, and then those things just kind of get, they die because they get irrelevant and they don't speak to people anymore. So well, part, t- one of the role of the magisterium or the official teachers of the church is exactly to discern, you know, what can change and what has to remain the same. Sorry, share,
0: share a little more uh, between the difference between uh, the difference between a, a tradition and traditionalism, because that's an well, important point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, in my mind, when I use the word traditionalism, I, I use it in kind of a negative or pejorative sense. That you know, maybe out of fear that if we don't keep everything precisely the way it is right now, that if, you know, in every small detail, these traditions have to remain identical and they can never change. You know, maybe because we're afraid that if they do change, we're going to lose the truth or we're going to lose our identity as a people. You know, I think then we get kind of fixated. um, And what happens over time then is, you know, there's no adaptation. uh, There's no evolution of what we do. And it just begins to kind of... um, rot or to you know kind of uh just it doesn't grow anymore it's not organic and it doesn't speak to the people of new generations so you know i think that that's always a danger is that we uh in our effort to keep what's essential we we don't allow for any newness uh any freshness and then things just kind of um Become stagnant. And...
0: I, I see um, traditionalism versus tradition as um, th- if if tradition is being held, it's it's taking us to an end goal. Like uh-huh. that, you know, if, if traditions within your family at Christmas time, the end goal is to bring your family closer together. Right. right. And then within the church, it's the same thing: it's to bring us closer to Christ. Yes. Uh, traditionalism, in my mind. Is that the tradition is the fundamental important thing, and and, and that's and we're yeah. never gonna people who are traditionalists will say well we can't do that this is tradition it can't ever change. Jen's son's got a girlfriend that he's had for a few years and she comes for the holidays and, uh-huh. and we used to like bake a lot of stuff that uh, um, we had a lot more stuff that we would bake but she's got a nut allergy so. You know, you gotta. She must change be allergic to you then. That was really dumb. Okay, keep going. That was cute. Thank it's, like, you. it's like your own version of a dad joke. <laughs> uh, it's a father joke. Father joke. Uh, but so we, so you change traditions because. You know, there, there might be a, a family that uh, has somebody going into the medical practice and they got to work on Christmas Eve and then all mm-hmm. of a sudden, you know, the stuff that you did on Christmas Eve. And and it's less important because the family is the most important. And there's, right. there's people within the faith that say, nope, tradition, small T tradition, big T tradition can't change. Mm-hmm. Small T tradition, they'll be like, nope, this is how we've always done it and this is how we have to do it. Right. And and that uh, that can, that, that, that's not, the, the end goal for all tradition right. in the church is Eucharist. And that's it. Yeah, you know, or you can even say Jesus Christ himself. I mean, yeah.
1: Yeah, and so it's sort of like that proverbial thing about losing the forest for the trees, right? Right. You kind of lose sight of what, what it's all about. Well, and think about what how often Jesus got frustrated with the religious authorities of his day precisely because, they got so fixated on the rules and the legalism that they forgot that it was all meant to serve the people to help them you know like you said grow closer to god and and develop their faith and so he got very impatient with them because they were actually crushing the people and like working against their um, flourishing in their faith because they were obsessed with every you know little iota of the law and uh, and he and Jesus himself purposely kind of, if I can put it this way, flouted the law at times just to show them that, you know, it wasn't about the law itself, that all laws are meant to serve the people. And, uh, they, yeah, so I think you're absolutely right, that we have to keep the purpose of traditions totally in view. And, and if the traditions are no longer serving that end, then they either need to be discarded or changed.
0: Right it's it's uh just to throw like a psychological bent into this mm-hmm. um w- when i was studying psychology i really adhered to the school of thought that um dysfunctional behavior um had served a function at some time for that person to survive yeah and when they no longer needed that behavior to survive mm-hmm. but they kept it yep it became dysfunctional. Right. And, and, uh, it, then it started, it started doing the opposite of what its intention was, was to protect the person. And then that gets passed down and that, that becomes tradition. Holy cow. How many dysfunctions are, are (laughs) traditions within family and Mm -hmm. get passed down from generation to generation. Right. But that, but that's like, uh, that's what, similar to what you're talking about with Christ and, and with the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the the rules that were set, those rules were not bad when they were set up. No, no, not at all. And then, but once they they you know became you know and, and you know in our current culture right now, um, you know it's tradition small t to uh, you know uh, have choirs and sing at mass, and we can't do that ooh-hoo, now because apparently singing for Jesus is the deadliest thing that you can do on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we don't do that now. We don't do the sign of peace. We just, uh, there are yeah. things that we don't do um, because it needs to be, they would be uh, dysfunctional at that point. They've, mm-hmm. they've lost their functionality.
1: Yeah. So, I think we're looking forward to having some of those traditions return once this uh, pandemic is over and we can once again shake hands or sing our, our lungs out. You know, we, we so in, in a way, I mean, uh, obviously the pandemic's not a good thing, but it has maybe. Helped us to appreciate more some of the traditions of our faith as Catholics that we've had to renounce uh, for a time, you know. Um, so that's that's maybe a good thing. It's helps us to appreciate. I think about this past summer during the shut, you know, the lockdown or the or the stay-at-home order, when uh, people really felt uh, the deprivation of Mass when they all they could do is watch it live streamed, and so uh, I think sometimes it helps us to value traditions more when, for whatever reason, uh, they're taken away or you know for a time.
0: So I was reading, um, if uh, tradition is good, it honors God for what God has done. Um, if traditionalism is in place, it, it's emphasizing what we have done more than what God has done. Ah, I like that very much. Yeah, yeah that's good. That's, that's kind of nice. Yep, yep. So...
1: And, you know, I work in a seminary where uh, the seminarians are are very uh, eager to, you know, do what's right, and they're trying to, especially with liturgy, you know, we have beautiful liturgies here, we want to teach them how to celebrate Mass reverently and well, and all that's great. But I notice that sometimes, you know, you have the occasional guy who uh, might be so... um, Concerned with every small little liturgical detail, you know the hands being folded just right or everything being uh, done, you know, to a T. That you almost feel a little bit like, you know, d- sad because he might be distracted too much by that stuff and not really entering into what the Mass is all about, which is worshiping God and 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 kind of prayerfully having our minds and our hearts uplifted, you know, to God. So, you know, I think this can happen with any religion that is, uh, you know, laden with a lot of good traditions and rituals and things, Is we can we can kind of um,
0: lose sight again of what they're supposed to be leading us towards. But... Well said. I th- if there was one thing that I would hope that people would pull away from this podcast, um, or this particular episode is that if, 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 if you look at your traditions around Christmas time even and took, take a look at the ones that you really embrace and you really enjoy mm-hmm. and, and how this brings you closer to your family mm-hmm. and you're happy to share this with your family, either in demonstration to younger generation or honoring the older generation. But if there were, on the flip side... Some small tea traditions that you can find that help you more connect with the church. I would strongly encourage that. Yeah. Um, If, you know, the the rosary can be um, a hugely profound uh, experience for people to bring Mm -hmm. them closer to the church. And that's small tea tradition. It's something, you know, that's something that you can do alone, you can do with other people. But that experience will bring you closer to others and will bring you closer to um, Christ. And there's, there's all sorts of traditions that you can look at, you know, going to adoration, just a bunch of different stuff. Mm-hmm. And that, if you look at it in the same perspective of what tradition does for your family, then um, the, the only logical thing to do is to, to try to find something that you, you really connect with and embrace that within the church. Which is our family, right? The church
1: is like our mother. We're brothers and sisters to one another, have the same father. So, yeah, that's very good, Jim. I think uh, whatever we find valuable in terms of family traditions, we can think about, you know, the church is our family and what are those traditions that are going to help us to uh, connect with each other uh, better and, and with God himself. So, well said.
0: Thanks. All right. We got covered.
1: Well, I think we've uh, successfully um, beaten the horse to death. Beaten the horse, <laughs> which which is one of our traditions <laughs> that, here here at the to our gathered. <laughs> <laughs> we've developed
0: our own set of traditions. That's <laughs> fantastic. That's right.
1: That's right. Uh, if I could do a good horse neighing, I I do it right now. But I I right now I can't. I'm oh, not going to try.
0: Practice. I, I could practice maybe, maybe next for week. next time. Right. Oh, that sounds good. All right. All right, so, so stuff uh, we like, stuff that we like. Um, what a catchy name! <laughs> um, so, are we gonna do it? The uh, the the my idea that thing we're gonna do that Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that was almost like a horse.
1: name.
0: <laughs> <laughs> see, right. you got talents you didn't even know about. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so uh, we were thinking for stuff that we like, especially at this time of the year, and and and. Um, to do giving the the churches across the country and across the world um, are being uh, crippled by uh, the pandemic that just, there's less people going, there's less people donating because they're not going. There's a lot of people that are, may not return because it's been so long and they've fallen out of habit. Mm -hmm. And um, our suggestion um, at this Christmas time is to think about your own personal church and and think about, and probably a lot of you are already doing this, but think about making a larger donation than you normally would. I was having a conversation with a deacon in uh, the Twin Cities who oversees, he works with the archdiocese, and he's like, Jim, there's going to be churches that are shutting down. Mm. There's just no way around it because we can't, you, you got to pay for the lights. You got to right. pay for the heat. It's just you know the priests the priests aren't looking to get a new car we gotta we gotta be able to keep things afloat and it's, mm-hmm. it's devastating when you're only allowed twenty five percent of your you know your congregation to come at any one particular time yep so that's the things that we like if, if you like your church um, consider d- making a larger donation this Christmas we we try to do that we don't you know we give as much as we can but every Christmas we try to to increase that. And, yeah. And uh, do that just to keep keep uh, tradition alive. Mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah, Amen. good suggestion. You got mm-hmm. a pray? You want to pray? You want to? Sure. You Let want to do that? I'm yeah. waiting for you to sing a prayer. But no, sing gosh, no, that's okay. We'll just say it this week.
1: <laughs> In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, Lord, as we get very close now to Christmas, to the wonderful celebration of the Nativity. We ask that this week and throughout the Christmas season, we might make more room within ourselves for your coming, for your birth. We ask uh, you, Blessed Mother, to wrap your mantle around us uh, and to protect us from harm from the COVID virus, uh, in particular from spiritual harm and any attacks that our spiritual enemy uh, would want to wage against us. And we ask Jesus that we might be more and more Conformed to you in our thinking, in our speaking, in our acting, so that we can share you with others uh, that you bring into our lives. And we ask, too, that you might help us to uh, keep alive those healthy and good traditions within our family and within our church that will help us to uh, love one another better and to stay more closely connected to you. We ask all these things in Christ's name.
0: Amen. Amen. All right Father, I hope you have a good week I hope you have a Merry Christmas Thank you, Jim And you as well Good being with you today Merry Christmas to all of you Who have taken the time to listen We really appreciate it Uh, God bless And we'll see you after uh, the holidays God bless everybody Bye-bye